The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everyone. I'm Haley Hubbard. And I'm Jessica Diamond. And this is Meaningful Living. Every week, we're breaking down the overwhelming amount of parenting, nutrition, and lifestyle information into credible knowledge and simple tools. The Cliff Notes Guide to Feeling Confident in Your Everyday Choices. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. In today's episode, you're going to meet our nanny, Katie Kelly, who is one of my guiding stars in parenting. She's knowledgeable and one of the most fun people I know and has so many tips and tricks to parenting with years of experience. If you have more questions for Katie after this episode or topics you want her to discuss, let us know as she'll be a regular on the podcast. And make sure to follow her on Instagram at the Katie Sitters Club for more tips. In today's episode, we're going to walk through some easy-to-follow steps to handle any tantrum and how to keep yourself calm when your toddler pushes your buttons, which we all know happens. We'll also share some easy-to-implement steps to help prevent tantrums and help your toddler succeed. Katie, I'm so happy that you're here with us. I'm so excited. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited for everybody to meet Katie. Katie Kelly is our wonderful nanny who's been working with us since Olivia was three months old. And she's a part of our family. I'm so grateful to have her as a part of our family. It's something that I literally thank God for every day. And she's been a nanny for what, 13 years? Yeah. And she's a newborn care specialist. And she's someone that is such a huge asset to our life. And I've learned something new from her every single day. Every time I think I've I've learned all of her tricks and and all these things, like I hear her say something else and I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, tell me more. (laughs) Um, But she is just a wonderful nanny and a wonderful friend. And I just respect her so much. And I I can't wait for you guys to get to know her. And and Jess, between you and Katie, I, I mean, I feel like I'm the luckiest mom in the world to have such reliable resources just at my fingertips. And so... I want to share what you guys have to say with everybody and ask you guys some questions. Katie, couldn't be more excited for you to be here and for all of you guys to get to know her. Let's dive right in. Today, we really wanted to have you on to start talking about discipline, you know, tantrums. How do we handle our kids when they have really big feelings? You know, tantrums are normal. They're developmentally normal. Every toddler experiences them. But for parents, it's so overwhelming because if we don't really have the right strategy to them, it just feels like they get bigger and more frequent and it just doesn't feel like there's a good game plan. So we thought today we wanted to really tackle the beginning part of tantrums and then really just set up what are some strategies that we can do preventatively to help our kids succeed so that we don't have to necessarily go down the tantrum route as frequently as it can happen and as well as just having more of a positive discipline approach? I think this is such a good topic that we're covering because even just the other day, Katie, you were gone this day, but Olivia had this tantrum and I just felt like there was no end in sight. And so this is so timely that we're talking about this. I felt like I cycled through all the things that I I knew what to do. I tried to stay as calm as I could, which in the moment is not as easy as it seems. And you're so good about that. Your patience is amazing. But, you know, trying to coach myself in what I'm trying to coach to my daughter is like, take deep breaths. And I'm like, okay, take deep breaths. And I'm taking one with her. But as also thinking, what would Katie do? What would Katie do? And so 
I guess I should ask you, what do you do? (laughs) And can you share with us what you do in those moments of a tantrum when it seems like there's no end in sight? Yeah. So like I talked about and you mentioned, I love continuing to learn about stuff when it comes to children and child development. I've taken a ton of child development courses. And even through that, I'm learning new things every day. So my tantrum method has changed so much in the last five years. I used to be the person that was just, that would say to ignore it and let it ride out and don't interact and don't engage. And some kids that works for, but I have found it's so much more beneficial to give your kids the tools to de-escalate and calm themselves down and get out of that moment. Because if you have a strong-willed kid, which I have dealt with a ton of them, you can have a tantrum that lasts an hour and a half because there's no coming back. And I've found through a ton of research that giving them the tools to do things like take deep breaths and recognize where the feelings are coming from and acknowledge those, it makes a really, really big difference. And it can truly nip a tantrum in the bud. There have been times where I've tried certain things with kids that I know work. And in 30 seconds, we've moved past it and there's no tantrum. And there've been times where I've been stubborn and I've said, no, just listen to me. And I'm not going to sit here and go through these steps with you because I'm annoyed and you should be listening or we're not going to do that. And it's an hour and a half of a full on meltdown that I could have easily avoided if I would have given them the opportunity to calm down and come back, come back down to the same level. Wow. Yeah. I love that. I think that a lot of times we think that if we just ignore the feeling, then it'll somehow go away. But really what happens is toddlers don't know what their feelings are. They're starting to identify it. To them, it just feels like this big bundle of feeling. And so they really have a hard time picking apart at first, you know, what is angry? What is sad? And so I love that when you're labeling it and calling it out, you're telling them, this is the feeling you're having. It's okay to have that feeling and helping them understand and then giving them coping skills to be able to get through it. I love that you said taking a couple breaths or, you know, hugging a stuffed animal, giving them something that they can do. So what I've found works really well with the kids that I've watched is exactly what we were saying, but identifying that feeling right away. So there are times where if I have Liv as an example and Haley's leaving or Haley has to go do something, she's getting upset because she wants her mom, rightfully so. And she doesn't understand what's going on and she'll start, you know, I can feel it building up. I can feel the whining that's going to start turning into crying. That's going to start turning into a tantrum because she's upset. Not so much now, but when she was, you know, a little younger, like two, Mm -hmm. that real tantrum phase. (laughs) But I could feel it starting. And right then I would sit down and I'd look at her and I'd say, you're sad because you want mommy. And I would repeat it and repeat it and repeat it until she started to calm down and look at me and say like, yeah, you hear me. You're right. I'm sad because I want my mom. Because a lot of the time they have these really big feelings and they don't have the capacity to say what those feelings are. And they're sitting there starting to get upset. And if we ignore them and we push it away, they're saying, no, you don't hear me. You don't hear me. You don't hear me. I'm upset. So I'm going to get louder because you don't hear me. You don't understand that I want my mom because you're trying to distract me. And I need you to know that I want my mom. So I think when you sit there and you take that moment to acknowledge them until they start to calm down and until they understand that you understand them makes a really huge difference. Because just like us, if we're in the moment and we're having a meltdown and someone keeps pushing us, pushing it off and saying, but look at that, but look at that, but how about that? <laughs> and you're upset. You're only going to get louder and more upset. You're like, you are not listening to me. What are you exactly. doing? You're not validating. You don't yeah. understand me. Okay, you don't get it. So I'm just going to get more mad. So mm-hmm. I think yeah. that that is the first, the first step to bringing them down 
is really validating that feeling and acknowledging it. That's so true. And I think something that's so important to say here to piggyback on that is that whatever feeling they're having, a lot of tantrums may feel really silly to us, right? Like Haley leaving is, we can we can understand that we've missed someone before, but sometimes they have a tantrum over, you know, wanting a stuffed animal that they just asked for. And then all of a sudden they say, I don't want that stuffed animal anymore. And that feels really irrational to us. So I always say that when you stay calm and present, you name that feeling and then validate it. You're sad because you wanted that stuffed animal and mommy didn't give it to you. I would feel sad too. I understand. And as silly as and as irrational as it may seem, it's really good to validate no matter what the tantrum is about. Yeah, totally. I always say that even though it might not seem like a big deal to us in their little world, everything is a big deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it it's it so is. good to come from that perspective. A lot of times the tantrums don't even make sense. I mean, there are the ones that make sense. They're hungry, they're tired, or mom and dad are leaving. But then there's the ones that are like, I want these pants. And then you put, give them those pants to put on. And then they're like, but I don't want these pants. And then you're like, okay, then let's t- do different pants. And then they're like, but I don't want anything. And you're like, well, then what do you want? <laughs> you know, you just, you want to say that, but it's like, okay, what do I say? Like, what do I say in this moment? And so that's such a good reminder, you guys, that validating feelings, whether it's a child or an adult, but that's, I would, I'm keeping yeah. that in my back pocket. It's understanding them. Like, I understand you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And even if you on the inside don't get it, <laughs> you pretend you do. You fake or, it till yeah. you make it. <laughs> exactly. Or even if you want to say, stop it, or I just gave you the pants that you just asked for, what is wrong? Or if you want to say, you know, why are you crying right now? I don't understand it. You keep all that inside and just focus then on saying, I understand this feeling and I would be sad or upset or angry too. I will never forget one time Liv had a major meltdown about something. And I went back to look at the camera at the moment because then she said something super cute right after. (laughs) I don't even remember what it was about. She was, I think it was one of the times that her blanket wasn't the exact way that Haley puts her blanket is the way you have to put her blanket. And if her blanket is not that way, she would lose it. And I walked, I was walking out and she said something. And in my mind in that moment, I remember being so frustrated and at my wits end. And she, she was screaming about something being on her floor that wasn't supposed to be there. And I turned around and I was just like, what? Okay. Yada, yada, whatever I said. When I watched it back on the camera, I was like, wow, I was so calm. (laughs) In my mind, I was exploding. But when I looked back, I was like, is that how I sounded? I thought I for sure was going to hear me raging or seeming so short or annoyed. And I was like, wow, I really did fake it. (laughs) You're so good at that though. I I watch you and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so patient. I think that honestly staying calm, cool and collected during a tantrum is probably the key to success. Like if above all else, you can just stay calm as hard as it is. Honestly, I say fake it till you make it, right? Just fake it, staying calm. It helps de-escalate and helps them feel so much more heard and understood that when they're having a big feeling, if you don't match it with a big feeling, it's already calming and they can look at you as the safe person to walk them through these feelings. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's like, instead of putting gasoline on the fire, you are going to bring the water. And I want to get back to like some strategies that parents can do to stay calm because Katie, that's amazing when you look back at that, that you stayed so calm when in the inside you felt like a 10 out of 10. And I think Mm -hmm. that's really important to talk about that. Let's go through the rest of the tantrum steps and then let's talk about how you keep yourself calm. 
I feel like after I get their attention and they start to calm down, that is your little window of opportunity to change the scene or change the tune of what's happening. As soon as that happens, I then explain why. I know you're sad. I explain exactly why it's happening. Or if it's something about something that is a little more irrational to us, like you were saying with the stuffed animal. I understand you're upset. You wanted the other stuffed animal. I got you the wrong stuffed animal. Then we go through it. I can't understand what you're asking for when you're screaming or yelling. So let's let's get down on this level. Let's talk about it. And you can tell me what you wanted. So once I've explained what's going on, we I brought them down, we explained what's happening. And then I offer a solution. So in the scenario where Liv is crying because she wants her mom, we're going to see mommy after this. But until then, we can go play. What should we play today? What sounds fun to do today? What's something you've been looking forward to? Whatever. I get them really excited about something else. That's not what they wanted. I want them to understand that throwing a tantrum doesn't automatically get you what you want. Right. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, really what you're saying is you validate the feeling. You you say what the feeling is. You explain that you understand them. And really in that example, what you said is you're then holding up the boundary. Just because you are allowed to have any emotion, whether we feel it's positive, negative, emotions are emotions, you can have those but the boundary is still held and that's actually what makes them feel safe. So that example is amazing because you're holding the boundary and then you're redirecting them. You're saying, you know, you're going to see mommy later. And in the meantime, this is what we get to do. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I feel like you explained that a lot better than I did. (laughs) No, I I, I love examples. I, I really learn a lot from examples like that. So no, that was helpful. And like we've always talked about is consistency and holding that boundary, which is so important and so hard to do. But just kind of remaining firm in that in that moment, I think is so important down the road in the long term. There are so many times where it's, I might say no to something and a kid starts reacting, starts having a tantrum. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I could have probably said yes. That's not that big of a deal. They could probably do that. But at that point, the second it turns into you throwing a fit for what you want instead of us having a conversation over what you want, it is so important to stay strong because the second they learn, okay, I screamed and I cried and it worked. I got what I wanted. I mean, there have been times that I'm like, I could have just given in. You asked for one more piece of apple and I said, no, but you could have had one more piece of apple. Why can't you have one more piece of apple? But now that we've entered this path, there's no apple going anywhere for anybody. I'm staying consistent and, and holding on to it. I, I, the, I mean, it's like that, that analogy you said, Jess, with the, the door. If someone comes knocking on your door and they consistently just keep knocking and knocking and knocking. And if you finally give in, they're going to realize that like after, oh, I can just knock on the door a zillion times and annoy them and then I'll get my way. Exactly. Yes. And I think, I think that consistency part, I don't think there's anything in parenting that's harder than staying consistent tantrum after tantrum or big feeling after big feeling because we're worn down, we're tired. We have to stay calm and cool as they're just losing it. That is, it's so much easier in the moment just to give in. But if you look at the long game and if we actually want to build resilient children that know how to handle their feelings, we really do need to stay consistent and hold up that boundary in a loving way. And so it's always... The feelings are always okay and you name them, but we hold up the boundary and then we move along. And I think one of the other things in tantrums that's been so helpful is to, at the end, you know, reinforcing that you love your kid. 
you know, I love you. You are like helping them understand that they're a good person just because they were really sad or they were really angry. That doesn't speak to their character at all. That was a feeling. And Mm -hmm. so we don't want our kids to feel like they are abnormal or not okay for feeling whatever they feel. Right. Something, Katie, you taught me this. And Jess, you say this all the time, but when you get down to their level and and so that you're not above them and speaking down to them, but just getting down to their level and, and making them feel comfortable, I think is also so key in this. Totally yeah, agree. Let's transition to what are some things you can do as a caregiver, as a parent, as a nanny of any sorts to stay calm and present when your kid is a 10 out of 10 tantrum? How do you kind of, what do you do? How do you stay calm? I just sing a really calming song in my mind. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do whatever it takes. I remind myself. One of the biggest things I think as a nanny, I people are trusting me to be a positive influence and a positive impact on their kids. And I never want a kid that I watch. I always think about with my kids one day, how I want someone to take care of them. And I never want a kid to feel scared of me or feel threatened by me or feel any sort of fear because of how I'm reacting to them. Because I feel like my job is to be here and to be a support for you and be someone that you can trust. And that is ultimately a positive influence on your kids. Mm -hmm. So that's something I just work really hard to tell myself because there are times where my brain feels like it's going to explode. And I have to remind myself that I don't want to cause harm. And for a kid, it is so easy for us to lose it or flip out in the moment and for them, for it to have a more lasting effect than we want it to have. And I'm not saying you can't ever flip out on your kids and you can't lose your mind, but it's just something I really try to remind myself is that me losing my cool isn't going to help this situation. It's, It's going to make it worse and it's going to make it worse in the long run as well, not just right now. I couldn't agree more. So something I do is I need to remind myself if I feel myself getting to that level, I always think about, okay, where are they safe that I can take a break? It really is a learned skill to be patient with kids because kids have an insane power over your emotions. They want to push your buttons. It is crazy. (laughs) They can do every single thing. So I think just taking yourself out of the situation when you have to, when it's safe for your kid is one of the best things that you can do. Yeah, I love that. Like saying, mommy's okay. She's going to take a couple deep breaths. Katie's okay. She's going to take a couple deep breaths and I'm I'm right here. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what's funny, I think my parents told me this. I don't remember who told me this, but they said the best negotiator is a two-year-old. And oh, absolutely. So, you know, and so it is a it is a game that you cannot win. If you start negotiating or if you lose your cool, they so quickly realize how to up the ante to to get what they want. So being firm in that and and us keeping ourselves calm, cool, and collected is really the best thing we can do for them to succeed. Absolutely. Haley, how'd you keep your cool the other day? You said Liv was losing it. Oh my gosh. I don't know. It it was kind of the same situation where I thought I was losing it and I was trying my hardest to stay calm. But Tyler was upstairs and we're staying in this house that you can hear everything in this house. And he said, I heard that whole thing. And he's like, I knew that if I came downstairs, it would just make things worse. So I stayed upstairs. But he's like, I couldn't believe how calm you stayed in that. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was not calm. But I was trying to take deep breaths 
with her. I was like, hey, let's take a deep breath together. I was trying to make it fun too, which of course when you're in a tantrum, nothing's fun. But I was trying to do the deep breaths with her and kind of just coach myself in what I was coaching her. Like, okay, take deep breaths. And just like cycle through, you know, using your skills. And if they don't oh, work yeah, the yeah, first yeah. time. I was completely cycling through. I was trying to think of all of Katie's little tactics that she uses. And I, I went through a few times. And finally, the one that worked was when I just said, okay, your pants are right here. These are your options. She didn't want to put on her pants. And we had to go. So I said, your pants are right here. We're going to be outside playing. We'd love to, for you to come join us. So let us know when you're ready. And I mean, it was a minute before she ran outside in pants, but (laughs) that took me saying that three different times. Like she had to calm down. So it was like cycling through all those things, however many times you have to. And when they're at that, you know, and when they're in the full-fledged tantrum mode, they really can't hear you in that moment. So you just stayed close by. She knew you were there. You were trying to help her through. And it was like, once she calmed down and she heard it enough, she could then move forward. Yeah. I try to get down on her level too. I, I think that does, that does help. I think too is being, being flexible with your tactics because telling Liv to take deep breaths works really well for her. But then there also comes a point where she is like, no, I don't want to do this. I know that if I take deep breaths, it'll calm me down. I don't want to. I don't feel like it. So then you have to go back inside your mind and think of, okay, how can I how can I change this up a little bit so that it's something she looks forward to again? Because deep breaths in the beginning were exciting to her, but now they're not as exciting. So then I'll say, okay, can you breathe so big that it comes out of your belly button? And she'll try to take a really deep breath and I pretend it comes out of her belly button. Like I felt it. Or can you breathe so big it comes out of your toes? Or can you breathe so big it comes out of your ears? She just starts giggling. Yeah, something silly like that. And every time she does it, I'm like, whoa, that blew my hand away. That was crazy. And then if that doesn't work, I'll try a different method. Okay, can you blow out? I'm going to hold my fingers up and they're candles. Can you blow out the candles? Let me see if you can blow out all of these candles. How deep How deep of a breath can you take that you can blow out all of the candles? So sometimes even something that you use all the time and usually it works, you have to be flexible to change it. And if you make anything silly, a toddler, <laughs> a toddler will... We'll get excited about it. It's the same tactic. Like you're coming back to breath. You're just giving her different strategies to help her breathe in a moment when you just say breathe. She's not breathing, right? She's not taking the deep breaths. So Haley, like you said, you know, examples are great. I learned so much by examples. I think language is so important with parenting. And when I hear someone use the language, Katie, like that you're saying, it really helps me understand it so I can implement it with Bryce. So a scenario I get all the time is a kid is throwing a tantrum because they wanted to pour water all over their tray, right? They were kind of done at the meal or it was fun. I mean, it is fun to pour water out and see what happens with water, but we know water stays in our cup and there's other times we can play with water, just not at the dinner table. Yeah. And so walking through the steps, it would be with what you said is the first thing, staying calm and present. Get eye level, like you said, Haley. I love that. You know, the closer you're with them, the better. So we named the feeling, we validated it. Mm -hmm. You showed them that they understood it. And then we hold the boundary up, you know? Exactly. So you don't give the cup back just because they got upset or because they calmed down. In that moment, when you took the cup away, you made the decision to take the cup away. You warned them the cup was going to be taken away. And that's when you would explain, we can't have our cup anymore because mommy asked you not to dump it out and you kept dumping it out. But we can do something else. You can keep eating your dinner or you can play with... The napkin. Yeah, (laughs) no, I love that. There's plenty of other things that are fun at a table. Yeah. 
or, or you can, you know, tonight in bath time, we'll give you a cup and you can dump the water out exactly. in bath time. I love exactly. that. Mm-hmm. Redirecting. Oh my gosh. It's yeah. Helps so much. Yeah, it's huge. The, the power of redirection. And then I think always ending it with showing them that no matter how big their feeling is, that you still love them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think big that's such, such a huge thing to remind your kids of that it's okay to have big feelings or to have meltdowns. It's, we all have them. We can't act like we don't. Exactly. And I think that's, I think that part is missed so quickly because we're so into the redirection stage and it's like, then the behavior gets better that I always like to think that, you know, just kind of closing that loop out and just showing them that we still love them. Yeah. And I think we came from an age in parent where our parents everything was just, you're being ridiculous, move on. I already said no, move on. And I've loved seeing this shift now to where we really do acknowledge what's going on and why you're feeling that way. And it's okay that you're feeling that way. That doesn't mean we're automatically gonna get what we want. That doesn't mean that I was wrong and you're right or I'm right and you're wrong. It's everyone's allowed to react to things differently. And I think teaching kids how to move forward from those reactions in a positive way is extremely important. Oh, right. And think about how when they grow up and they have these tools and how they're going to interact with other humans later on in life, they're going to have these tools to interact in a healthy way and have healthy relationships and understand people instead of just like immediately butting heads when they don't agree on something. And I think overall, those little domino effects just help make the world a better place with just those little changes in how we parent. I totally agree. And and I love that. I actually even believe that it's those tantrum moments that are the biggest teachable moments that we have for our kids. I think the best way to teach them to become these resilient, emotionally sound, strong-minded individuals is to really know how to handle their emotions. And I think it's from these hard moments that if we can look at it being like, our kid is taking so much out of this. They are learning so much self-esteem. They are learning what their emotions are and how to just how to be a resilient human being. I mean, who, who doesn't want that? But, you know, I, I made the mistake probably a year and a half ago, Olivia was hanging out with this kid that was having quite a few big tantrums and it was, he was screaming a lot. And I was just like, Ooh, I don't know. This is pretty overwhelming. I don't know if I want Olivia around that. Cause she would come home and she would have these big tantrums that were pretty identical to those ones. And, you know, at first I thought, I don't want my child learning from that behavior right now. You know, it's kind of like your gut reaction as a parent. Like, I don't want my child learning that. And so what I should have said though, is like, okay, this can be a learning moment for her. And, and it is now she can learn from that and learn that, you know, that's okay that we have these emotions and then how to handle them. But, um, but yeah, that was kind of a learning moment for me as a parent, like, I don't need to just say, no, you can't hang out with that child because every child is going to have a tantrum. Yeah. And I, and there's that moment. I mean, even when you're in this world teaching it, there's this moment when your kid has their first tantrum or starts to have multiple tantrums. You're like, okay, is my kid a monster? I mean, you know, it's coming, but there's this moment of, are they picking up this behavior from someone else? Or, oh my gosh, are they a monster? And is this what my life is going to look like for the next three years? And it just gets really overwhelming. And I think Mm -hmm that it it makes total sense that in the moment you're like, oh, I just don't want to deal with this right now. I just don't want her to pick this up. But I love that you came around to say this, this is normal and, and it's a teachable moment to help her. I think that's something that's important to remember too, is that tantrums are so normal. I think 
especially for parents, you want not your perfect angel. You're like, no, my baby would never. Your baby might, my baby would never. (laughs) And that's something everyone learns eventually, but every kid has, has these feelings and these, these moments, regardless of how they're raised. And it's just giving them the tools to deal with them when they happen and deescalate them when you get the opportunity to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I love what you said just about the new age of parenting, right? It's, it's really moving away from because I said so or don't have that feeling. You shouldn't be sad right now. Um, or even, you know, the other common thing that happens all the time that is so natural, right? It is so natural to be like, are you trying to hurt mommy's feelings? Are you hurting mommy? And kids, that's too much for kids to be able to handle. And so it's our job to kind of just say, no matter what, no matter what buttons they're pushing as much as we can to just on the exterior, fake it and just be calm, cool and collected and hear that. Right, right. It's not their job to make us feel better. It's our job to... <laughs> It's our job to control our own emotions. Absolutely. As hard as that may be. So hard. Let's segue then into what are just some things that we can do to help our kids succeed, right? Tantrums are normal, but I feel like there's a lot of stuff we can do day to day to just help kids feel secure. And toddlers are in the age, you know, why they have these big feelings is they don't know what they are, right? And then on top of it, they have no control really in their life. We make their schedule all of a sudden they're playing and they're really into playing dolls or playing with their trucks or whatever it may be. And then all of a sudden we're moving them to the next transition. So what are some things we can do to just help them succeed, to make them feel better, to kind of minimize these these big, you know, 10 out of 10 tantrums? I think one of the best things you can do is prepare your kids for everything. Be obnoxious about it, but prepare them for everything. I always make a point during the day to let them know, this is what we're going to do today. This is what our schedule looks like today. We keep a very consistent routine. So every day looks really similar, mm-hmm. but letting them know when something's going to change because that's a big deal. Any any little change in a kid's life is a really big deal. So prepping them ahead of time for that. If we're playing after lunch and it's close to nap time, I'll say, okay, we have five more minutes to play. Okay, we have two more minutes to play and then we're going to head upstairs. Okay, one more minute and then we're heading upstairs because they know when they have, at that point, they understand what's coming. It's not a shock. It's not, wait, I was playing. What do you mean we're going to take a nap? This was so fun. Or if we're eating lunch and it's taking a long time and I know we're not going to have time to play after nap, which is, or after lunch before nap, which is something that normally we would do. I'll say, hey, lunch is taking a really long time today. So we're probably going to have to go straight to nap. I let them know ahead of time Mm -hmm. to just give them that little sense of control that, okay, I know exactly what's happening. There's been points where Liv has said to me, I'll say something to her about our day. And she'll say, oh, that's not on the list. <laughs> and I'm like, You're right. That wasn't on the list. We had to add that to the list, but this is now on our list. It's so funny. They really do thrive on knowing what's going on. I mean, yeah, I mean just like us. Right? Yeah. Like I wouldn't love if someone said, okay, now go to, go take a nap. <laughs> someone needs to, I mean, I actually would but Could love you imagine having, having the time of your life and then someone just grabbing you and taking you to bed? Yeah. Yeah. You don't, None of us like to be surprised by anything. Yes. Um, Plan, I, uh, planning is truly like planning and preparing. Those two things are just the keys to success. And it, I love what you said because it may sound silly. You know, bedtime routine is bedtime routine every single night. And, you know, with Bryce, we'll say, 
you know, it's in five minutes, it's going to be bath time. And after bath time, it's going to be lotion time and diaper time and PJ time and then book time and bedtime. And it's, I, I say that every single day, but that gives him just so much structure and he knows what's coming that when I don't say that, there's more of these power struggles to get his PJs on or whatever it may be. But when I can prep him ahead of time of something he's heard probably a thousand times, he does so much better. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I think giving them options and a little control when they have it is really important too. So saying we only have, if you're at the park and you're about to leave, we have three minutes left. You can go pick one more thing you want to do before we leave. Do you want to swing for three minutes? Do you want to go down the slide for three minutes? What do you want to do before we leave? So that they also have their choices and that freedom to decide, okay, I only have three minutes left, so I got to make the best of it. What do I want to do? Exactly. Giving them acceptable choices, choices Mm -hmm. that they can make that aren't the big macro stuff, but the little stuff in their world that they can do. Oh yeah. I always say, I'm going to make the big choice, but then that they get those little choices from that. So I'm going to pick two weather appropriate outfits, but then you get to pick from those two, which one you want to wear. So we don't have the meltdown about you don't want to wear pants, you want to wear a dress when it's cold outside and you have to wear Mm -hmm. pants today. Oh, and it so works. I've learned that from you. What I've also learned from you with the options is that if they're saying like, I don't want to go take a bath or whatever it is, then you can say like, either I'm going to, take you to go to the bath or you can go walk to the bath? Like, which one do you want? Maybe that was a bad example. <laughs> oh, that's a perfect, that's a perfect example. We, we do that but all yeah, the time, you, right? Yeah, when you give them those two options, they're like, oh, well, I want to walk to the bath. And when they only have two options to choose from, they usually just pick one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're looking for control. So any way that we can give them control within a realm that works for them works. Sometimes we'll even try to make it fun. I'll ask, you know, Bryce, do you want to stomp up the stairs like an elephant or do you want mommy to carry you? Just trying yeah. to give him like mm-hmm. two options and making it as fun and playful. I'm not as fun and playful as you, Katie, for sure. You are <laughs> the creative master with that. You are both so fun and playful. The last thing that I want to just make sure that's not missed is I love the timing technique. Timers are everything. As much as you can, giving your kid like a five, three, one minute of timer before you're transitioning to the next activity, it works wonders. And sometimes you just feel so silly. Like, I can't believe I'm doing this again. I'm giving a five minute and now a three minute, but it really preps their brain to know, okay, my play is going to stop and I'm moving on to a transition. Absolutely. It also works really well if you have a play date or you have siblings that don't like to share or there's a new toy. I always say, we're going to set a turn timer. And when that goes off, that's the other person's turn so that they're prepared for that. So it's not the meltdown of, okay, you got to give it, give it up and give it to them now. I feel like timers are so, I mean, just like a mindless tool that works mm-hmm. so well. Works so Something well. you did the other day that I loved so much. I forget what we needed her to go upstairs and get. It was probably like get her toothbrush or something to brush her teeth, but she did not want to go upstairs and get her toothbrush and our hands were full. We were cooking breakfast, whatever it was. And she didn't want to go upstairs. And I'm like, oh, how am I going to get to, how am I going to get to have her go upstairs? And Katie was like, okay, get ready. I'll time you. And like, then Liv just got excited. Like, oh, this is so fun. This is a game. I'm going to get timed. How fast can you do it? Let's see if you could be faster than me. And she ran upstairs and got that toothbrush and came downstairs. And it was like, oh, that was so awesome. Right? It's welcoming them in. The more we can Mm -hmm. welcome them in and make things fun, the better. Yeah. So another thing I think is super helpful with 
negating tantrums or stopping them from happening is knowing when you're giving your kid a choice or when you are giving a demand. I learned this actually through my own therapy, but it's something that I that I use all the time with kids is if you have a choice, I'm going to ask you, but if you don't have a choice, I'm not going to ask you. And that doesn't mean I'm demanding in a negative way. It's just, okay, it's time for bed. Not, hey, are you ready to go up to bed? Because if I ask you if you're ready to go up to bed, you don't want to go to bed. You're going to say no. And then I'm going to say, well, it's time for bed. So why did I ask you? I'm not actually giving you. You don't have any power in that decision. And that's not the message we want to give our kids. So it's something to just train yourself on is only asking when they can actually say yes or no. Completely. It's, it's not fair, right? It's not fair to give them a choice. Like, can, can I change your diaper right now? If the answer is I, I have to change your diaper, if we say, can I change your diaper? And then they say no. And then we say, well, it's time to change your diaper. We just ask them a question that, it, you know, we're setting them exactly. up to fail. <laughs> we just told them that what they want doesn't matter at all because it's ultimately what we want. So I feel like that really is helpful in with tantrums is not confusing them because it's a really confusing thing when I say, hey, do you want to clean up your toys? And you don't want to clean up your toys and you tell me no. And then I'm telling you, you have to clean up your toys right now. And then they're going to start that meltdown. No, I don't want to. I, don't. I just mm-hmm. sent you such a mixed message when all I had to say was, it's time to clean up. Yeah. And you still might be upset, but then I'll tell you, I know, but that's why I didn't ask you. I told you it's time to clean up because it's time to clean up. Right, which it takes practice. It really does. It, you have to train your brain to be like, oh, do not It really does. That. I catch myself all the time saying something and I'm like, ah, I don't need to ask. I know. Tyler and I will say something and we look at each other and he's like, why did I ask that? Or I say that like, oh, that wasn't a question. I mean, that <laughs> happens daily, completely. Practice makes perfect with all this stuff. I, I really think that the more you just have a good framework of how to enter it, there, there are so many bumps that come up, but you just can go back to kind of those core feelings, those core philosophies, I should say, not feelings. Right. You go back to those core philosophies and then you know that you have the tools to be able to handle it and you just do it differently the next time. Okay, something else you just said, Katie, that reminded me of this is you said about discounting their feelings. And I just learned in this book how to talk to little kids so they'll listen is using the word and instead of but. like. I know you don't want to leave the park, but instead of saying, but say, and we get to go home and do this because when you say, but it just discounts someone's feelings and whether it's a child or an adult that you're talking to, it just helps validate what they're saying and, and not make it this negative thing. Absolutely. It's like a soft transition to hold the boundary up, right? Right after that. And you're about to hold the boundary up. And so it just makes it very kind of seamless and just is... You're right, validating them. I love that. Anything else before we're going to ask you one last question, Katie, but anything else that you want to add? I don't know. It's so hard because I feel like I could talk about all of this stuff forever. So I don't, I don't know what's <laughs> going to be too much. Well, the good part is that we get to do this a lot with you and we're going to get to talk to you on a regular basis, which will be so fun. Again, if I learn so much from you every day, then I think that we'll have plenty to talk about. <laughs> I could talk for hours, so. So could well, we. Yes, too. What made you feel full this week? Oh, what made me feel full? Like physically or emotionally? (laughs) My Mexican food last night was pretty filling. (laughs) In whatever way you'd like. Ooh, what made me feel feel full this week? This is such a good question. I think what made me feel most full this week, you guys, your family always makes me feel very full because you just 
I was gone last week. And every time I come back from even a few days away, you guys always make me feel so, I don't know, it's, it's this weird dream family where when I come back in, I'm always excited to come back and come back to work and see the kids. And I went in after the kids were napping when I got here and I went in after Luca's nap. And I always, I always say hi the exact same way, or I say hello the exact same way every time I go in his room and I have since he was a tiny baby. And I don't know why it's only for him, <laughs> but I always go and I go, hello, <laughs> like that. And he was asleep still. And I opened the door and I said, hello. And his little giggle before he even popped his head up actually melted me. That was the fullest I felt in a while. It was the sweetest, cutest thing. It was like he could not sit up fast enough. It was really, really cute. <laughs> that story just, just made, made me, me cry. <laughs> me too. It was so sweet. Okay, well, there's my moment for the week. That <laughs> yeah, made me full right there. Exactly. Well, Katie, thank you so much for doing this. We are so excited to have you on all the time and talk about really all of the things parenting. You are so knowledgeable and we're just so excited to be able to share this with everyone. Thank you guys. I had so much fun. Thank you. And thank you for helping make me a better parent, both of you. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We want to hear from you. Your thoughts, experiences, and anything you want us to cover. Tune in every Monday for a new episode of Meaningful Living. And if you're looking for more ways to live a meaningful life, follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com. Can't wait to see you next week. 